0: In this episode, I talk about a trip that I took for my 21st birthday with a bunch of friends and family members to LA and Las Vegas, and how a huge fight that I got into with my brother made me stop and examine the nuances of healthy confrontation. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 4 of season 2, Passing Through Las Vegas. I don't have a good feeling about this, Cam mumbled, closing the car door. What do you mean? I asked wrestling my flimsy nylon seatbelt into the buckle. His eyes pointed to a group of girls stuffing their luggage into a large black SUV. I don't know, I just don't have a good feeling about this. It'll be fine, I assured. Junior said her friends are nice, and I mean, as long as they're nothing like her. The her was my brother's shiny new girlfriend of about 2.5 seconds, Taylor. She invited five of her friends to a house in Vegas I was renting for my 21st birthday, never once thinking to have a conversation with me about hosting her entourage just whispering sweet nothings into my brother's ears to make her every wish come true. Taylor was shiny and new following a long, tumultuous, dragged-out relationship with his ex. In my young age, I didn't fully comprehend her blaring insecurities, but I knew something was off. She wasn't satisfied unless my sister and I ran downstairs to anxiously await her arrival, lining up like the Bond trap kids in the sound of music, greeting her with a smile and song. Even at 16, do me wasn't coming out of my mouth for no one. Their relationship set the tone to change our simple sibling relationship for years to come. And she, obviously, wasn't completely to blame for everything. I had my taste of young, dumb, delicious romance that was far more exciting than kicking it with your brother on a Friday night. I was the sophomore sister that tagged along on senior skip day, the little sister that pre-gamed with my brother and his friends before parties, giving advice to the boys about what to do if they liked a girl or how to heal from heartbreak. I'd slowly but surely solidified my spot as one of the guys, which granted me access to exclusive crude jokes and conversations and made my brother and I extremely close, before the inevitable shift in time allocated towards a girlfriend or boyfriend ensued. I invited my boyfriend at the time, Cam, and our mutual friends Craig and Nell to join me on the trip. Craig was cool, calm, and collected, and Nell, who was also a family friend, displayed the occasional flash of crazy, but she had big sister elements I found endearing. Plus, she introduced Cam and I, and she also had a thing for Craig, Maybe she could shoot her shot this trip, but that's neither here nor there. Days before Vegas, we safely landed in L.A. with eager plans to explore. My brother was adamant that Taylor would show us the best places to eat, drink, sightsee, so we carved out three days in the City of Angels before making the drive to Vegas. Three long days dragged by with less than spectacular suggestions from Taylor. We hit the stereotypical Roscoe's, Pinkies, and Venice Beach, And the night before my actual birthday, we somehow ended up at Taylor's brother's crib in Long Beach setting off a trunk full of dinky fireworks in his driveway. I distinctly remember watching them click, fizzle, and pop on the concrete, thinking, this is not how I imagined ringing in my birthday. Though the car ride back was fair consolation. Cam, Craig, Nell, and I rolled down all the windows of our shabby rental, turned Drake's karaoke to max volume, and cruised down a rare, empty LA highway, watching fireworks illuminate the sky, outlining inky dunes and rows of palm trees sprinkled across the city. I exhaled, letting the moment seep into my pores. I stood in the shower the next morning, reflecting on the past year, letting a torrent of droplets glide down my back and into the drain. Be thankful, I whispered to myself. You're with people you love in a place you've never been. Just be thankful. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Cam, Nell, and Craig sang in unison, holding a small round cake as I turned the corner into our room. What? You guys shouldn't have, I gasped. Wow, thank you, this is amazing. I shut my eyes, made a wish, and blew out the single candle stacked in the center. Happy birthday, boo, Cam repeated, kissing my cheek. That night, we ate dinner at a New American spot out in Hollywood. Ritzy, white leather booths lined the exterior, contrasted by an airy touch of black and gold accents on the cutlery and curtains. Taylor and my brother sat nestled together on one side, while the four of us mentally rock paper scissors to see who would join the two lovebirds. Cam, Nell, and I quickly slid into the side across from them, while Taylor moved her purse to make room for Craig. So what brings you beautiful folks out tonight? asked a stout, handsome waiter in a rich, velvety, baritone voice. This was probably just his night job, I thought, staring. During the day, he's out at casting calls, taking little roles in movies like the Fast and Furious franchise, until some hotshot movie producer makes him a star. She's from L.A., my brother said, pointing to Taylor. So we're out here visiting. Oh, okay, you've got a local showing you around? That's great, repeated the deep-voiced waiter. And (laughs) it's her birthday, Nell interjected, pointing to me. Oh, wow, okay, well, happy birthday, the waiter continued his eyes shifting back and forth, sensing he was caught in the unexpected crossfire of opposing expectations. I'm going to go get you guys some water. I'll be right back to take your orders. See, that slight pause after Nell's comment, the half a millisecond of discomfort that descended upon the table before the waiter responded, the glitch in Taylor's smile and the nervous look on my brother's face, they were all things I noticed but couldn't necessarily articulate at 21. My brother's Freudian slip of the tongue revealed the true intentions behind this trip, my birthday being a cover-up to enjoy quality time with his girlfriend in her hometown. And having not been trained in the art of difficult conversations, I chose to simmer in silence. Our relationship had already been strained following his last relationship, where his ex-girlfriend accused him of siding with me, his sister, when he should be placing her just a sliver under God but slightly above Jesus in the hierarchy of importance. And don't get me wrong, she wasn't all bad. There were times when her and I would hit the town, club hopping, taking shots, having a ball. But other times, when the high to her Jekyll was in full view, she'd do things like accuse my brother's best friend of being in love with her, or write a 13-page dissertation to my 12-year-old sister about how she should be more thankful for the clothes she was purchased at the mall. The inner ugly was hard to ignore, and I wear my emotions on my face. So yeah, strain. And it didn't help that growing up, my family was, and still oddly is, confrontationally non-confrontational. We firmly adhere to the Parkinson's principle and let small issues gradually get bigger and bigger over long periods of time, turning the problem into a list of wrongdoings spanning the Great Wall of China. Ne, call your brother and sister, we're having a family meeting, my dad would demand. We'd begrudgingly gather around our oak-stained dining room table assuming our seats in the family courthouse. My dad's hand would fall to the table like a gavel to a stand and who or what was on trial would be shortly announced. Frowning, he'd always start by saying, Your mother and I called this meeting to discuss blank. A slew of unfiltered insults and analysis of the condemned who or what would be thrown in the center of the circle, leaving everyone both anxious and defensive. Toss in a mix of yelling, crying, at least one person had to cry or it wasn't a successful family meeting, finger-pointing, and the eventual apologizing, and you have our quarterly difficult discussion. The next morning, we hit the road for Vegas, scooping up five of Taylor's friends in a separate car with no introduction. A few more friends and family members were flying directly into Vegas to meet us at the house, so I took solace in the fact that her entourage wouldn't vastly outnumber mine. And I was most looking forward to seeing my cousin and god sister, Steph, who always selflessly lent a listening ear during difficult times, never shying away from the hard truth or harsh reality. Thankfully, we arrived to the house a few minutes before the anonymous entourage, allowing us to claim a spacious double room on the second floor. 10 minutes later, you could hear a trunk pop, door fling open, and scores of weighty bags being tossed on the hardwood floor. Oh my god, this place is huge, where are we sleeping? Screamed the girls, their excited giggles echoing through the house. Cam and Craig made their way downstairs while Nell and I hung back to unpack. Nell unzipped her bag, letting out a small sigh of frustration. Ugh, they're already annoying me, she huffed, setting aside a toiletry bag and a pair of heels. Yeah, well, we're stuck with them all weekend. Might as well make the best of it, I replied. Diving headfirst into a sea of commotion, I introduced myself to anonymous girl 1 through 5. All of them seemed pretty cool and definitely more personable than my brother's girlfriend, so what the hell? I thought to myself, the more the merrier. Let's celebrate. Steph arrived just in time to toss her stuff in the room and start getting ready. I was one flick away from perfecting my winged-tipped eyeliner when Nell burst into the bathroom, fuming. Those girls are so fucking rude, she shouted, spilling her makeup onto the counter. Ugh, I swear, they really don't want to start with me. I'm not the one. What happened, Steph and I asked. I was getting ready downstairs in the bathroom next to Craig's room, and one of them started pounding on the door. I say someone's in here, and whoever the fuck she is starts knocking again, so I'm like, someone is in here. She asks if I can hurry up because they need to use the bathroom, and I hear her whisper to her friend that this bitch needs to hurry up. The fuck? Steph and I shot each other a quick glance, telepathically taking what Nell said with a grain of salt, knowing she was in a house full of new, cute bitches that could potentially block her shot at Craig, which was probably the main thing fueling her irritation. Yo, are you serious? Steph asked, fake shocked. Girl, (laughs) I'm not the one, Nell repeated. I shook my head and sucked my teeth, nearly kissing my reflection, trying to salvage my uneven eyeliner. Glasses clinked at the pregame, everyone looking super fine, slightly buzzed, having a great time. After a few rounds of shots and never have I ever, everyone started to feel more familiar and comfortable. We called four cabs to take us to the Venetian to start the night. From what I remember, drinks were flowing, the music was A1, the anonymous entourage and my friends and family all beautifully intermixing and mingling as the night went on. It wasn't until we got outside, stammering drunk, that shit took a big-ass left turn. A black-tinted car pulled up, Steph, myself, and a couple friends all squeezing in with enough room for Nell. My brother and Taylor were in view, standing by the entrance, visibly arguing, Taylor making inaudible points, my brother trying to calm her down. Windows open, an angry set of high heels storm towards our cab. The door to my right aggressively opens, revealing a flustered, furious knell. Ugh, I'm gonna fight those girls, I swear. She starts. So I get into their cab, not thinking it's a big deal. I mean, I see their open seats, so I really don't see a problem, right? That one girl with the bags under her eyes said, bitches aren't trying to pay for cabs. Under her breath like I wouldn't hear it. I said, bitch, why the fuck would you think I wasn't gonna help pay for the cab? Normally, I would have told someone as dramatic as Nell to breathe and not worry about comments made by the bitch with bags under her eyes. But drunk me wanted to get to the bottom of this non-existent situation. Hold on, I need to get out, I told the driver, opening the car door. I stumbled onto the pavement, adjusting my cobalt blue dress as I attempted to walk in a straight line. Stefan Nell followed me to the entrance where I interrupted my brother and his girlfriend's conversation with a, so can someone explain to me what's going on? Nell took the reins and told Taylor about the comments made in the cab. Taylor, who I had forgotten knew how to speak, countered Nell, claiming that her friends wouldn't say that. Fingers were being pointed, hands flying in the air like fighter jets before the Super Bowl. A couple drunk comments later on, boy, if you don't hand, gesturing towards Taylor when my brother steps in between us. Inebriated gibberish continues to flow from my lips, and the next thing I know I'm being caught mid-fall by my cousin. My brother had softly shoved me, attempting to defend his girlfriend from my wrath. The shove set off a series of events that led to me being full-bodied, dragged back into the Venetian, kicking, cussing, and screaming while Cam apparently wrestled my brother to the ground before security intervened with copious amounts of pepper spray. Cam and Junior were detained and questioned with no charges pressed, just a decade ban from the Venetian. They ended up talking, joking, and forgiving each other in true guy fashion while I sat at the house stewing in my indignation. How could my brother shove me? Someone who's always had his back for years while his girlfriend of ten seconds smugly smiled over his shoulder. This wouldn't have been an issue if she hadn't invited 37 of her friends to my birthday weekend. And where the hell was Cam? I slid in bed, frowning, taking a sip of water to sober up, the alcohol numbing my senses just enough to lull me to sleep. Hey, Nega, Nell, Steph, everybody, my brother yelled the following afternoon. Let's all meet and discuss what happened last night. There were a lot of misunderstandings. Chairs screeched as we took our seats at a colossal wooden table. I heard you whisper, bitches ain't trying to pay for cabs under your breath, Nell said, looking at the baggy-eyed offender. Yeah, which was not directed at you, she said. I was saying that about everyone in the cab before you got in. I'd been paying for cabs all day. The uncomfortable look of, okay, I might have been wrong and been the catalyst to an unnecessary amount of drama, but I'm not going to admit it, descended upon Nell's face. They fake apologized, and we returned to our rooms. That evening, we all started getting ready, exchanging very few words with the anonymous entourage, but assuming we'd all be headed to the same spot. It became more and more apparent that they were making separate plans, and I wanted to confer with my brother about the night ahead. So, what's the plan? I asked. What plan? He countered, playing dumb. Are we all headed out tonight, or what's going on? Well, Taylor and her friends arranged a limo, so we're going with that. Junior, it's my birthday weekend. Why would we not all- We already celebrated your birthday, he interjected. Wait, you're the one who sold me on this whole trip, I yelled. You said we'd come out here and have a great birthday in LA and Vegas. If I knew we were just out here to hang with your fucking girlfriend and her friends, I wouldn't have even come. He shrugged his shoulders and I saw red. I cocked my arm back and hurled my phone straight at his head, barely missing before being dragged off the scene, kicking and screaming again. I was hyperventilating, crying, wondering how he could be such an insensitive asshole. Cam held me until I calmed down, my face soaked and swollen from all the tears. I just wanna go home, I told Cam and stuff, blowing my nose, feeling both sad and embarrassed. We were at the airport bright and early the next morning. Nell had an earlier flight, so Steph and I had precious alone time to just sit and decompress about the past few days. We threw our carry-ons on the floor in front of us, staring off into space, shaking our heads. Nega, you know I'm not the person to tell you what to do right, Steph asked. But you gotta be careful who you surround yourself with when you get back home. Some people will bring peace into your life. They're looking out, no drama, pure intentions. Other people, they really don't care. They'll start shit just like what happened this trip, cause a divide and leave. Be mindful about the time you spend with Nell when you get home. And your brother, talk to him. Y'all gotta work it out. No outside relationship is worth ruining family. Y'all were so close. As for Taylor, I don't know what to tell you. She don't even talk, so. We both started cracking up in the middle of the airport before we made our way to our gates. The ridiculous arguments that transpired could have been circumvented by immediately having a simple conversation with my brother when an issue arose. We'd have to unlearn our family tradition of quarterly difficult discussions, which meant putting aside our pride for the betterment of the relationship. And that shit, unfortunately, wasn't going to happen overnight. I nonchalantly walked past my brother and Taylor setting my things on the opposite row of seats. I wish I could tell you I tapped him on the shoulder and asked to have a quick chat where we ironed out our affairs and all was forgiven. I didn't. I put my headphones in, reached for a book, and avoided eye contact. With time, I've learned that one, airing out your grievances with people is comparable to deflating a balloon. You can either firmly press your fingers around the root of the situation, consistently letting out small, stable puffs, or you can take a sharp object and pop that shit, sending debris flying everywhere. And two, having the conversation immediately after something or someone rubbed you the wrong way is usually never ever as bad as you imagined. I had plenty of chances to pull my brother to the side and have a conversation, but I didn't. I let the helium of assumptions inflate my anger. My family and I are still very much so working on navigating the nuances of healthy confrontation. Like Bones, the strongest relationships are tested and strained to build density. We're growing older, moving, getting married, which adds in new, colorful layers of perspective, The conversations have only gotten easier the more comfortable we get with having them. In troubled times, we often remind each other that whatever it is wouldn't be bothering us if we didn't care. And we might as well solve it now, because we'll do anything to avoid another family meeting. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. If you love the podcast, hit the five-star button. If you're feeling super-duper generous, leave your girl a review. All of them help so much. I sincerely appreciate all of you. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to episode four of season two. We are also on Spotify this season, which is awesome. Check us out on that platform as well. I'll see you guys soon.